Let's have a sincere conversation about events across the nation and topics for our own morality. Let's openly discuss in an environment of trust where perception is reality. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the podcast Perception is Reality, your by now favorite podcast, of course, of all time. It is your host, David. And today I'm excited to have with me on the show the literally the most helpful person on the internet today. And that will become apparent in a moment when we explain why, but literally the most helpful person on the internet, Mr. Colin Ross. Well, thank you for the uh, embellishments. I am not the most helpful on the internet, but I am Colin and I am of Colin Can Help. Uh, ColinCanHelp.com is my main website. Uh, what I specialize in is finding people, um, especially writers, um, Etsy sellers, uh, creative people, um, and people that know how to do a lot of things with their hands and their mind, um, but like to do what they like to do, and they don't either know the internet or don't like the internet or just are adverse to learning the internet. So that's kind of where I come in um, and give people marketing tips, give people marketing services. Um, but I specialize in a way of getting people, uh, getting people the spotlight that they deserve for their craft without necessarily the monetary um, ideas that a lot of people have behind it. Um, a lot of people think that you can't go into business if you don't have a whole bunch of money or if you, if you don't have lawyers and accountants on deck. Like you, you don't really need any of that with today's world and. Uh, all of the data that you love being collected on the internet, it makes it really easy for the small guy to kind of get in there and do their thing. So that's kind of what I do is just network with people um, and just start conversations is essentially what I do. A lot of marketers try to sell. Um, all I really do is start a conversation and just listen to people and try to figure out what things I like to do that they don't like to do that we could find some sort of collaboration and get that done. So that's what I do. See, I don't think it was that much of an embellishment, but I'm, a, I'm glad that that was your perception because it is a perception, but you know, it's my reality at this point, so you can't change it. Absolutely. But I, I think the only way that you can disagree with it is because you used a definitive term with most. Um, All right, fine. So uh, I, I was just listening on my way uh, to get uh, to record this with your one the other day about the uh, communication in the workplace. And uh, I really like that one because words are definitely an important thing in today's world that um, we all talk, but with technology, a lot of us aren't using words in the same way that we used to. Um, and I have that one with my fiance all the time. Like you could say that I don't do a lot, but if you don't say I don't do anything, I did one thing today. That's something I can't, cannot say I didn't do anything. <laughs> I, I can see it. I can see it. Um, so we're going to get into the topic, but I do want to let people know how we know each other. So everybody's fame, favorite, and, and if it's not your favorite, he's not your favorite. Uh, he should be uh, by now because he does the intro music and the outro music. He's been on two episodes. Um, everybody's boot-slinging balladeer, Jeremiah Craig, introduced Colin and I. And Colin and I have been basically in the Mutual Admiration Club. I appreciate Colin listening and liking some episodes. I have admittedly been liking some posts uh, that Colin's been putting up, but I haven't really listened to anything or on purpose because as, as we all know by now, I like to come in unprepared, but I have been uh, liking stuff just to be supportive um, online uh, because I want to be helpful too. Um, and the reason for that, I think I talked about in the previous episode is just because it makes me feel good to help other people. Uh, actually, I did. I talked about that in the path to success. And the reason that I actually have uh, done a lot of executive coaching and corporate strategy, but I don't charge for it because I like doing it. But anyway, I digress. So that's how Colin and I know each other. So Colin, the million dollar question for today, what are we talking about? Well, we're going to sidestep the million dollar question because you got to talk up the boot slinging balladeer. I didn't get to talk him up. He right, also, uh, not only is he the music on your show, um, but uh, I was playing your stuff earlier, just kind of getting a, another listen to it. And uh, as soon as the theme song came on, my fiance just jumped out of her phone and looked right up. She's like, wait a minute, 
that's JC. I was like, yeah, he's, he's, you know, if there's a podcast that's worth listening to, the man is either a guest on it or has music on it. <laughs> that is true. That is a true statement. And he's also uh, the only guy that I know that can make cowboy boots cool. The guy would give him another two to three years and he's going to be on like CMT with his own cowboy boot show. Oh, he's, uh, that's, that's, uh, I have, I work with him a lot. Um, and that's definitely my goal for him. And sometimes um, my goals for him are much more aggressive than his own goals. Um, hence the uh, trip that he went on to the Dollywood. And if, if you guys want to hear about that, uh, listen to the uh, second episode of this podcast. And we talked about uh, Jeremiah's um, Dollywood trip with his brother Levi, who is also a talented musician and the two together are just awesome but i appreciate that thank you for extending that on that uh i appreciate it i know cool. jeremiah will too absolutely but without further ado um I, I really like how you go against the grain of i do podcasting as well uh colin can help podcast and i try to do as much research as I can with everything that's available. And I really like you doing the opposite of that and also giving the, uh, giving the guests the ability to pick the sole topic, I think is a really unique idea that I don't see anybody else doing. Um, and as a guest, it's, it's really interesting, or as a listener, it's really interesting because every episode has the same feel, but it's a completely different topic where a lot of people kind of go for the same, you know, niche idea of I'm only going to talk about marketing or only going to do inspiration, where I like the idea of how picking the guest and picking everything and just letting them go with it um, really goes with the whole perception and lets you form your own reality. So today's topic, um, I'm going to go with a general one of why are so many people against opening up their mind and trying new things. Ah, okay. I got to write this one down. So many. So it's why are so many people against opening up their minds, trying new things? Yeah, we, we could figure out how to shorten that for, for a title if, if not. But I think that um, the more of your episodes that I listen to, I think that is what makes this show so good is because it allows the people that are going to open their minds and try new things to every week or every episode have their, be able to sit down and have a completely unscripted, unbiased conversation. And sometimes you, you know, sometimes people change their mind on things. Sometimes they don't. Sometimes that's not even the goal. You just kind of want to hear the different things. And I think that's what makes you successful as, as a person, as a businessman, as a podcaster, and I think that's also a real big determinant of the people that are not successful. The people that, you know, they think the world sucks, but they've never left Erie County. You know, it's one of those, the more people that you talk to, the more things that you just dive into, not do your normal, just get out of your comfort zone. Um, it's amazing the opportunities and the brightnesses of life that come to that. Um, so I wanted to know what you thought about, in your own corporate world about the people um, is, do you see that also, that the, the difference of the successful and the not successful are the people that are willing to take risks? I, I do. Um, people, and, and let me just say this, there's a lot, like, people are going to, people have heard this on the show, is like, when my mind is going, I tend to think much faster than I can process things verbally. So um, one thing is that's a great topic, and something that uh, through the course of my tenure, I, I've definitely come across many times. So I can speak to what my perceptions are of talking with many people that I've coached or worked with uh, over the years. But I will say that the more successful people are your risk takers. Um, and it's not, it's not that they're not afraid to take a risk because everybody, I feel like the answer to your question, the short answer, and we can delve into that, we're going to delve into that, um, is fear. And I want to be clear that a lot of the people that take risks, it's not that they're not afraid to take risks. They're willing to embrace the fear and they're willing to process it. And I don't want to say push through it because that's not really what they're doing. Um, and actually I was talking to 
So I was talking to Angelica last night. She's um, going to be on a future episode, uh, if I'm remembering, because I think, yeah, she's going to be air after, after you. And she's was a brave enough to come on. She's got severe learning disabilities. And there's a stigma when you hear learning disabilities. And I am making an absolute statement. Um, and there might be people out there who are like, no, I'm, I'm cool with that. But I mean, in general, people here learning disabilities, there's already a stigma. So she was brave enough to come on and talk about her learning disabilities. And one of the things that she would like to do is she would actually like to become a public speaker and talk about them and help remove the stigma. She's got severe dyslexia, which is much more complicated than I think what most people think. And she does a good job of explaining that. So listening to talk about that. But one of the things I told her was, and this is something that I tell people is that, especially when it comes to, I'm just going to use public speaking. Most people are afraid to get up on stage. Personally, I like getting up on stage. It's fine. Um, I actually enjoy it. I find it exhilarating. What I personally don't like is the aftermath of being up on stage because I'm an introvert and people don't understand when you're up on stage, you're alone. And then it's the afterwards when people want to talk to you. That's when my social anxiety kind of kicks in. Mm -hmm. uh, but what I wanted to tell her was, and what I coach people is, whatever you're doing, you need to allow yourself to feel that emotion. So if she's going to get on stage or do whatever, and in her work life, uh, we don't talk about this on the podcast because we had a very long post conversation. Um, but uh, for just because that's just the way it went. But in her work life, she suffers with severe anxiety because of her learning disability. She's learned how to work around it. But this is a very successful woman. She's got two bachelor degrees. Um, so despite a learning disability, she was able to graduate high school and get two bachelor degrees. Um, but she still has anxiety at work. And I was like, okay, look, you're going to become a public speaker. I'm, I'm positive of that. Got a good story. I'm like, I need you to acknowledge your emotion. Like if you're starting to feel or you're starting to be overcome with something, acknowledge it. It's okay to acknowledge your emotion. Know that it's there. And then in her case, anxiety. I'm like, once you're starting to feel anxious and you recognize it, give it a name. Oh, I'm feeling anxious. That's a recognition in your brain. It triggers a recognition process in your brain. And then I told her, I said, I want you to give yourself permission to be anxious. Meaning most people who are about to get on stage are anxious. I'm one of those people that is, and it's okay. They were all anxious. People are going to be anxious after me. We're all part of it. That acceptance also helps transcend. And like I said, it's not about pushing through. There's a difference between pushing through and transcending. And that'll help transcend through the anxiety. It'll help get her on stage and then she'll be more successful. And I said that lastly, I said, just remember that public speaking is a major fear of most people. It's, a, it's been a top 10 fear for since the list was created. I'm like, just know that 90% of the people in the audience are not as brave as you to get up on that stage is as anxious as you may or may not be. So I think that, and, and the reason I gave that long diatribe Colin is because I feel like the people who I see take risks, who I coach to take risks and that are successful in life who are try think, try things. And that doesn't matter if it's traveling, if it's starting a business, if it's writing the book that they've always wanted to do, write the screenplay, um, do whatever it's, that's a, it's a similar process that I see these successful people go through. They're like, okay, I'm feeling nervous. Okay, I'm feeling nervous. Got it. I bet people who have tried to start a new business have been nervous. Hmm, okay, there's been a lot of successful people who have done that. I'm in good company. And Absolutely. then move on, start your I business. I wanted to get to a couple of things that you might yeah, touch go on. Go ahead. Sorry, well. sorry. I, I, I didn't mean to soliloquy. Go ahead. This is really about <laughs> you, the guest. But you asked me a question, so I'm. And see, that, that's, that's me. I, I'm also, I'm more used to the host. So I'm, I'm used to proposing the questions, but I think that's also how you get to the right answers is by both of us kind of asking questions and bringing up thoughts. And what you brought up a couple of points to me were um, people that have learning disabilities. We're, I think we're trying to get away from the actual term learning disability for political correct reasons, but I can't ever keep up with those things. So I hope that one's still okay today. 
But to me, when I, I like to break apart words like we were talking about before and learning disability does not mean that people are unable to learn. It doesn't mean that, that, it, that the day is over because you have dyslexia or things like that. Like you were saying, there's a lot of people that have anxiety. They, it's, it's anxiety, depression, all of these things are natural human emotions that um, I think kind of as a society, as, as an American, you're kind of supposed to tuck all of those not overly positive ones to the side and not talk about them. You know, I mean, like when we pass on the street, not knowing each other, hey, how are you? Good. You might be having a really, really bad day, but you are programmed to say good and not anxious or nervous, or I think you're going to steal my wallet, sir. You know, like we're programmed not to say any of those things, but same word, if you have the, the stigma of learning disabilities or anxieties, there's a lot of stigmas behind that one as well, or um, PTSD, there's so many stigmas behind all of these things that are just natural things of life. And I think it ties back to the original question of why are more people not open to different things? Just because you might not have a learning disability, that person does. You have the ability to learn how they learn. Maybe how they learn with a learning disability could really, really help you. And you never were exposed to that because you weren't in an IEP class or things like that. So I think by anything that there's a stigma towards, I like to run towards, kind of like the dumb guy that's running towards a fire because he likes to see the flame. Like, if there's a stigma behind something, there, that just means that we're not educated enough on that topic. So let's go listen to him. So if that lady wants to be a public speaker, something I would have thrown into your speech to her is, you're not a comedian going to an open mic night where nobody knows what you're going to talk about. If you're a public speaker, you said 90% of the people in that audience have the same anxiety, the same fears, but at least 90% I would also say are there to hear you speak either individually or they want to hear the topic that you know about. So to know that they're here for you, to hear you, I think should be the, the motivation for a lot of people to say, you know what, I can get on stage. I can try a new thing because they're here to see me. <laughs> oh, I, I agree. In Angelica's case, uh, we did talk about that later, but it was more about helping her with that, that upfront. Um, but why do you think, um, I, I mean, fear for me is what my answer was, but what's your answer? Why do you think people, so many people are afraid to, to, to try new things? I definitely, I definitely think fear. Um, I think that um, comfort is an adjective that a lot of people put is as a positive word, um, but I would put comfort as a very negative word. Um, I think that's kind of just the entrepreneur in me. Um, you know, when you're comfortable, um, things are going to go wrong. When you're not comfortable and you're always looking for something new or looking to improve or just trying to learn something new and you're getting out of your comfort zone, um, what you get away from that, I think, is a lot more than being comfortable at home in your sweatpants watching Netflix. Um, but I think a lot of people just, they're afraid to, um, I mean, be it, there's a lot, like, everybody's going to be different, obviously. I always like to put that one out there. I can't put a blanket term for why everybody's afraid to try new things because not everybody is. But um, fear is a huge one. And I think it also just comes down to um, where you was, were state saying stigmas of learning disabilities or other stigmas. I think one of the biggest thing that people are afraid of, and there's a stigma behind it, is being wrong or to show, um, like we talked about in the, in the pre thing before we hit record, that a lot of people are not only afraid to say what they're thinking, but take that another time forward and they're afraid to be on video with their face showing what they say. We could video this and I'm 100% okay because I stand behind everything that I say in the same way that you do it. This is what I think today. If you could tell me from your experiences why I'm wrong or why this isn't the case, I'm more than happy to open up my mind and say, okay, I never thought of it like that. That's a good point. Maybe uh, I shouldn't think of somebody down downwards because, you know, I say that they're comfortable, you know, but where if you're just not open to having that, if you just want to be right all the time or have that Instagram lifestyle of, look, it's nothing but fab and fabulous, that, you know, everything's great here. Um, I think a lot of people would really benefit showing the struggle because like you said, we've all had struggles. We all have had failures. To document your failure, to me, is twice as valuable as to document your success because 
you have that braveness to say, I fucked up, man. I, I did not do what I thought I was going to do here. And, uh, well, from there, I learned to do it another way. And three months later, I did twice as good as I thought I was going to do because I didn't give up. And I think people are just, like I said, they're, they're afraid and they're comfortable. Those are, those are good answers. Um, and I think that picking up on a few of those points, um, comfort can easily become the rut that people want to desperately get out of. Uh, so I think that that's something to, to look out for, but what's, what's your, I'm going to ask it this way. What's your perception of those people that are afraid to try new things? Because you seem very uh, much like a risk taker and you're, you have a bunch of projects going on. Um, so I don't think that you're afraid of risk, but what, what's your perception of people who aren't, let's say they, they, they are in their comfort zone. So let's pick up on that a little bit more. Like what's, I feel like there's a perception there that these people like, what well, can you expand on that? I don't want to feed you the, the, the information. Like what's your perception of these comfort, comfortable people? Um, I like the wideness of the question. Um, I think uh, comfort is great in later in life. Um, I'm 30 years old, so I think comfort to me, I, I don't want to be comfort, comfortable for another 20 to 30 years, personally. Um, honey, when you're listening to this, sorry for that, but that's just me. <laughs> um, but to me, I think that the people that are are a, are content with comfortable, I think is a good way to say it. Um, I think you gave me the answer already is a lot of people, once you find comfort, you also find that you're in a rut. Once you find comfort, you've also stopped learning. Um, to me, comfort is not associated with learning. Um, cause learning isn't comfortable. It's, it's re it's re re uh, rewiring your brain every time you're trying to learn something or every new experience you get, you're changing your physical chemistry to where if you're not learning, what are you doing with your life? I think is my perception of comfort of, yeah, it's cool to watch what other people create, you know, Netflix or let's go to the museum or I'm not saying that those are bad things because I myself am a creator. I might have a bit more bias of instead of watching a film, let's go make a film or instead of reading an article, let's read 10 of them and write our thoughts of what it is like, I know that's me, just my own internal drive of like, I got to create, I got to create. But I feel that even if somebody doesn't have that same drive as me, even if you don't want to create, I don't think comfort comes without a, a very high cost. Comfort comes with a high cost. So... I have so many like stupid things that I could say about paying the piper and stuff. Um, <laughs> but same too, let's go, let's go with paying the cost. Like we, you had uh, your Hawaiian buddy, uh, Al, is that the right name? That, Al Sankapolitelli, yeah. So people, and I, I don't want to misquote his interview or anything, but people instantly associate people that are morbidly obese with being lazy. And that's not always the case. Same with people that are not successful. People think that they're lazy. That's not always the case where um, you do a good job on your show of kind of like anybody that could be fuming in the audience right now, like thinking of how they might be fuming, where there are people that just don't have the chemical makeup to be up and going. And, you know, that's just not them. Um, but people have something happen in their life, whether they decide something happened with their health that they decided they needed to, to lose weight or they didn't like what they look like in the mirror or anything like that. Something happened to change people that wanted to lose weight and have an amazing transformation. And they started a new life because they weren't afraid of no longer being comfortable. Um, and those are the type of people that I love to go search out and have a conversation with. Uh, my fiance, she dropped a hundred plus pounds since I've known her in four or five years. Um, and within that, 
you know, a lot of people are like, oh, you must have really changed up your diet and really switched up your life. But what she did was she was getting a divorce and just decided she should go exercise for two hours a day, you know, walk and run and do different things. And her body adapted because it said, hey, we're doing new things. New life is happening. Let's let's give it to her. Let's give her the body. Let's give her the mind. And because people got out of the comfort zone of because you could stay that you could stay big, you could stay unhealthy, but something decided you're no longer wanting to be there. And that those are the things that I think more people should be searching for. Well, a, a couple things. One, um, maybe I should write this down because I do take notes as we go. But one thing that I wanted to ask you is, I already forgot the other one, but that's human nature. Um, do you, and, and since you're a wordsmith, I'm gonna ask this why I'm going down this road. Is there a difference between complacency and comfortable? Um, complacency and comfortable. So I almost feel like you're saying that people, the people that you just described might be more, in my mind, might be more complacent than they are comfortable. Complacency is a feeling of smug or uncritical satisfaction with oneself or one's achievement. Um, now, I'm applying it towards the negative here, meaning that somebody, you, I think you can be complacent and in your own misery, and I, I'm being extreme here to make a point, but for, for Al, like talking about Al and, and the other people that may be morbidly obese, I feel like there's a certain complacency that goes on versus being comfortable. I don't think any of those people are comfortable in their own skins, but I feel like they get complacent. They get smug about it. Like, you, so that's what I'm, that's what the word that came into my head is like, I feel like you were kind of describing that versus people who are comfortable. Comfortable to me takes on a different meaning, I guess. Um, um, I love words. Like I, you gave way too much credit again. I'm definitely not a wordsmith, but I, I find a very beautiful, um, almost art to using a word properly. Um, like the literal sense, like the actual, just like literal, what the definition of that word means is like thoroughly interesting to me. Like, that's why as soon as you said complacency versus comfortable, like I had the definition of comfortable in my head, but I was like complacency. I'm like, where does that take it? And then where you sit, as soon as I looked at that, as soon as I, I read smug, um, I could, I, I definitely got the same picture of what you're talking about. But I think that the people that are more complacent, meaning more smug than more comfortable, um, I think that's kind of goes back to the bully on the school bus that likes to make fun of the smart kid because you know his life at home isn't great and his his grades aren't great. So it's easier to be smug and just a know-it-all about something than to um, to make the change. So I think the people that are complacent are different than the people that are comfortable, but I think that the people that are comfortable are the optimists where the people that are complacent are the pessimists, maybe? That's just I, a word theory. I, I, can, I can roll with that. Um, I can roll with that, but I guess I'm trying to, 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 I'm leading when I should be following because that's my role as the host is to let you, but I, I'm, I'm you're, you're, it's, it's hard for me so everybody knows that like when you have a good strong other host of a, of a successful podcast on i mean that the i like the back and forth so i don't want to say that but i'm i'm finding that i'm leading you and i i'm trying not to i want uh, but i digress uh, but it's, I, I don't i don't see it as leading i i see as as the back and forth happens it allows the perceptions of reality because that's another one where I like the literal term of reality is because there's really no way that you and I could actually have a full cons full conversation on reality because your reality and my reality are two completely separate things. Even if we're in the same room, or, I mean, our perceptions could be this different, even if we're in the same room watching the same exact event. And that's what I love about opening conversations with people that like yourself that are open to having a different way of thinking of things to where it's, it's not just, this is the format we stick to it. It's, Oh, I didn't think about that. 
this is what I want to say about that. This is what I want to say about that. And through both of our, our leading, as you said, I think really allows the guest while they're sitting at their desk or in their car to also kind of, you know, be that third party lead in of, Oh, well, there's another adjective that kind of goes along with what they're talking about. You know, like, yeah. so I don't, don't feel like you're leading me. Okay, good. Thank you. And, and if that person in the car, uh, wants to call and leave a message, they can call me at 585-210-0240. And I will- And that person that's listening to that podcast should also be listening to it on PodCoin. I just learned about this app yesterday. um, And it's like half of a half of a penny, I think. But um, anything that's on iTunes podcasts, you can get through this app and then they pay you to listen to uh, podcasts, by the way. Cool. Well, that's a nice PSA for everybody. So- there you go. Not sponsored either. They're not paying me, but if Podcoin, if you want to, I'm happy to accept. I was just <laughs> going to say that if they want to sponsor, uh, feel free to contact Colin. Colin can help. But I, I love apps like that. It's kind of the same idea of of what I'm talking about. Of people afraid to try new things. Well, you might be kind of apprehensive to go listen to a podcast if you've never got into them. But if there's an app like Podcoin that's going to give you a gift card for every X amount of hours that you listen to something new not only could you help support people like you and i that are trying to get our message out there but then you also could get you know small little kickback yourself i I love any person that's taking initiative to get barriers of entry out of any form of communication or technology i love anything like that that's why like like i said they're not paying me but i've been promoting them for like three days ever since i found out about the app just because i think it's a great idea and now i feel like they should um, Absolutely. And, uh, you know, hey, if anybody wants to sponsor um, Colin, contact him. Um, so, and, and I love sponsorships, but that's kind of where I, I, I go with the kind of the JC approach to a lot of internet things um, where I like the, the trying the new thing, the creating the new thing um, to where obviously you have to monetize things. It's, it's, it's necessity of life. I have bills. I have to monetize things. But to me, um, with my podcast, like, uh, what was that, two or three weeks ago, I was talking with my grandparents at lunch, and uh, a 30-year-old trying to explain to a 95-year-old about why I'm not going to continue a landscaping business, but I'm going to stop that and only do marketing and have free conversations with strangers online, and I'm going to make a ton of money with that the perception of the old people in the room at that point or like our grandson is on crack. What is he trying to do? <laughs> He's taking but, a risk. Exactly. And it's to, to some people, it's a risk to me. Um, you called me a risk taker earlier. I do love to gamble. I try to stay out of the casino cause I love the craps table. But what I love about craps, what I love about entrepreneurship where people see risk, I see ways to hedge things. You know, yeah, it might be a really big risk to to stop a business that's going and start a whole new one. But to me, I'm going to be happier doing marketing and helping small people to allow them to try new things opposed to the same thing I've been doing for 10 years. And I know it well, I'm good at it, but I want to try something new to where I'm not just going to go have conversations. I also do print material. I also do, um, you know web design. I do a whole lot of different angles of streams to monetize so that then things for podcasting, I do put uh, the little anchor ads because those are so fun to record. As a podcaster, that's my absolute favorite thing when I get the little dun-dun notification saying you have a new sponsor that wants you to record something. It makes you feel like a celebrity. It's great. But as far as sponsorship for podcasts, it's amazing the amount of money people leave on the table as a marketer, as a salesperson to not start a free podcast and get guests that you're interested in doing business with and talk about them, make them feel good, give them a platform. And then on the back end, either if it's in the interview or afterwards, be like, Hey, you know, we talked about social media. I noticed when, when I was doing the research, you didn't do this, this, and this, they see that you're detail oriented. I, I, I get con every podcast I do, there's work coming out of them. So it's one of those people see the initial, I need money. The, the traditional thought of I need to monetize right now and, and get the clarity not on the content. Like you're doing a phenomenal job of just focusing on the content and you don't care about monetizing it. Um, so I think that's too where um, just start a podcast, everybody. If you're listening to this, make your own podcast. 
<laughs> That's a good point. Everybody does have a voice. Take the risk. Um, I would say definitely take the risk and the, the growth potential is, is outweighs the risk. And we could talk about that for probably a whole hour uh, just on that alone, but I want to circle back to two things. I want you to walk us through some general advice after you tell us what was your process from switching businesses is you had the successful landscaping business and you switched you're like I, i'm this was a great chapter in my life I, i'm throwing words in your mouth but this is the way i interpreted it I'm, i had a great chapter in my life but it doesn't bring me joy in a, on, on a daily basis it, it's a good living um affords me lots of great wonderful opportunities but i would and i feel like you do enjoy what you do now and it's very rewarding is the impression that I'm getting. So what was, first of all, is, hopefully I got that all right. Yeah, you, you knocked it out of the park. So um, I think uh, it comes back to weighing risk and reward. And a lot of people in today's world are so stuck upon the immediate, uh, the immediate payment, the immediate payoff of doing something. We're used to... We grow up in a world where, um, and I kind of followed this model a little bit, you're supposed to go do good, good in school, go to college, get a job, get a career, start a family, yada, yada, yada. Um, that was cool in like the 80s, the 70s, the 60s and everything, but um, I've been doing a lot more content lately about um, you're wasting your money if you're going to college. Um, and again, it, I'm a single, I, I grew up an only child, um, I don't know, middle-class family, you know, we always had money problems, but like whatever I needed was there. I was encouraged. Um, I had a great childhood. So I think that has a lot to do with why I'm ambitious as a young adult, because I've, I've been given skills. I know that I have intelligence. I know that I, I, I can network and talk to people and not be afraid to go talk to people. So I knew entrepreneurial um, and same too, man, I was like five years old and like all you would hear was my piggy bank getting emptied out every five minutes, counting it, changing it, rolling it. Like business has always been in my DNA where some people are an employee and some people are a better number two employee than they are number one, but they want to be the number one because entrepreneurship is cool right now. Um, well, going back to the original question, landscaping, um, where was I? I was like 19, 20. And I uh, went and did a job with a guy who uh, it was two or three of us workers and, you know, I had like no training. It was making like $10 an hour thinking I was really doing a good, good job, you know, and uh, go back to get my pay a couple days later and see the invoice for like $1,200 for the bushes we trimmed. I was like, this guy only just sat in his car and drank coffee and it's a really nice car he sits in. Like, I'm on the wrong end of this. So that got me into landscaping. I, you know, I bought a truck. I, I got the different things. And again, I always knew how to do computers. So I did all my own marketing from the time that um, Mons for Less was the name of the business. Um, got started and always did all my own marketing and I was the one man shop for the longest and every year, you know, springtime right around this time would come and I'd get one or two guys. I started with friends and then I went with friends of friends. I went with family. I went from everybody from 17 year old valedictorian, you know, top of their high school to college students, to dropouts, to convicts, to old people. Nobody in my area likes to do physical labor is the sense that I got over about 10 years. So after every year building up another 20 or 30 accounts to pay for one extra guy to come work, you know, it'd be two or three days, two or three weeks, and they'd either stop showing up or just become a babysitter. And it's not what I became in business for was to be a babysitter. I wanted to give opportunity to people. I want to pay you more than you're worth and teach you more than I should about how to do it your own so that when you want to go make more money, take more risk that you can. Because I know there's enough business out here, whether it's marketing, cutting grass, you know, making food, anything. There's enough business out here for everybody to, it makes no sense to kind of keep your skills, keep your skills inward when, you know, like people are, you know, paying $10,000 for a, a life coach class from a 22 year old that has no experience, you know, but they, they, they're lacking this, the security and they're like, Oh, I'll, I'll give that a shot. Um, I digress back to why, um, 
back to why landscaping wasn't working was um, just finding people. It was a pain in the ass. So after I stopped trying to do the sole proprietor, um, I got one of my long-term buddies into the to the mix, who was a uh, you know ten-plus year mechanic, uh, was in the landscaping business. His family was in landscaping, so like on paper, it made a lot of sense. I'd already tried everything on my own. Let me try to bring in a partner. That business lasted, I think, four months um, of like maybe six months because we started planning in January of last year. Um, and then by like my birthday was the, the the kicker. One of those as you know. As a partner, you know, my 30th birthday, my fiance took me out uh, to Connecticut. We had a great vacation coming back through uh, Pennsylvania, give him a call and was like, you know, all he had to do was go get some flowers from the nursery, you know, do a couple little things with equipment, you know, just get everything touched up for Monday when I got back was all I was anticipating. So I call him, dude did nothing. Not, he didn't go to the nursery, he didn't fix a piece of equipment. Didn't, didn't do anything on the list. And I was like, dude, I cannot be in business with somebody that's not putting in the same amount of work that I am, or if I go away, I can't trust that you're doing this. So, so I had enough. Um, we ended up splitting up the company. I gave him just about all the assets and was just like, here, man, do your thing. And kind of kicked around for a week or two. And I knew that I had enough people that I could still kind of get labor from to go do, uh, whether it was doing fixing a house or landscaping or whatever, until I figured it out. And then I really realized that it was the marketing, it was the selling, it was the building of the process that I really liked. It wasn't actually the landscaping. I was good at that, it kept me in shape, but it was the building that really got me going. So that's where uh, the original idea was Collins Helping Hands. I think I made like one t-shirt and a website and within like a week I hated the name and I was like, that's not it, it's, it's too corny, that's not me. So then I was like, all right, Colin can help because what do I want to do is help people. Like whether it's digital or whether it was helping them with the lawn, like it wasn't, I wasn't there to cut the grass. It was, I'm here to cut the grass because you can't or you have other things to do. So it became, I've always done marketing. I've always made my own materials. Let me network with the people that I know and show everything that I've been doing to them so that they could do it. So once I, I was just, I think I was just confident enough in my own ability um, to say, this isn't working. I've tried this every way that I can. I'm not going to give up on myself as an entrepreneur but I need to find a different way. So what can I do that doesn't need a whole trailer full of equipment, a whole garage full of uh, trucks, uh, five different people. If I could just have a laptop and find clients that believe in what content that I'm trying to make and do what I'm trying to do, then eventually it's going to hit. So it's one of those, you know, I just work enough odd jobs to make the bills pay. And uh, every, every week, my numbers grow every week or two. I get a different interview with a different client um, and things have just been going good. It's just, I don't quit every day I wake up. Sometimes I might sleep in an extra hour, but I do not quit. And knowing that I'm not going to quit, I think is the answer to your question in a 10 minute version of it, of how I can make that jump is because no matter what I'm doing, I'm going to throw myself at 1000%. Yeah. So you touched on a couple things um, there. One, it sounds like you're asking yourself the question that that Dean uh, from the Path to Success is, is what would happen if? And we can talk about, I, I, that's how I'm going to answer the question to the people, how to move to from a place of comfortableness or complacency, however you want to feel about it, into a new, more exciting uh world by taking some risk is what would happen if and the other thing is that the not quitting so julie talked about that in her relationship episode and that um when her and her husband clint who also is a, a, another guest is um divorce was never an option and that has actually believe it or not it's it's it that can be seen in a negative way. So if you've not, if, if you, not you, Colin, but if the bigger you listening, haven't listened to that episode, listen to Julie say it in her own words. But what she's saying is that doesn't mean that she's trapped in that relationship. What that means is that by having that as not an easy way out, it helps mm -hmm. them work through some issues to have the 25 year relationship because relationships are not easy. Um, but at the same token, if you're listening and you've 
been divorced or whatever. There's nothing wrong with that. As Steve Harvey says, it's okay. You made a mistake. Everybody makes mistakes. A marriage or a relationship, if you didn't get divorced, but it was a long-term relationship, it's okay. You made a mistake. It happens. Um, but for Julie, knowing that that wasn't, there was no easy way out. And for, and I'm applying that to what you're saying. What I've heard you say is that you're not quitting. There's no easy way out for you. So you're not quitting. She wasn't going to quit on Clint. Clint wasn't going to quit on her. They did. They do love each other still. I was, I almost said did. I mean, they still do. I mean, they're still together. <laughs> Those crazy kids. Um, but my point is that they knew that they were invested in the other person, just like you are invested in yourself and you're not going to quit on yourself. They weren't quitting on each other. There's no easy out. You're not quitting on yourself. you look yourself, and I'm, again, I'm putting words in, in your mouth, but I can picture you looking in uh, a mirror, just to paint a picture and looking at yourself saying, I'm not quitting on you, handsome guy. You're, you're pretty awesome. That's, that's what I get from that is when you get up, you're not quitting on yourself and it's paying off. I would say 100% minus the mirror part. The mirror is the only place that I've actually recently quit at. Um, I hit uh, 30 and every like guy in my family around like 32, 33, they start the balding thing. And I finally quit on having hair about, uh, I don't know, like a month ago. I, I learned that the perception of myself was the longer that it got, it just showed how bald I was. So I quit, man. I just, no more hair. <laughs> Stick to the beard. Give up on hair. But yeah, it's uh, that's a good look. I bet you rock it. Um, I'm trying to remember. I, I've made a made a bald joke, and I forgot the good point that you made there about um, about the couples, about not quitting. Um, I think that is the biggest thing to me that I don't understand. Um, the biggest thing that I'm perception of mine that I'm trying to let go of and trying to get more well rounded around are the people that are afraid to start, afraid to try, that are so impacted by either past failures or people's perception of they will never succeed, that it completely actually stops them from trying. And that to me is like one of the most uh, like horrible things of human behavior. Um, and I think that goes back to the, my original topic of people that are, of why are they afraid to, afraid to try new things? Why don't they? And that goes back to your part of fear of, to me, I'm afraid to have not tried every option. And that's why I keep going. Because if it, I might not know the answer today, but give me two or three days and I'll get it figured out or two or three weeks or however long it takes. As long as I keep trying a different angle at something, I'll figure it out. Um, where the people that just the anxiety, like you spoke about earlier, like I, I don't get anxiety. I don't get anxious. Um, like you were saying, people going on, on a stage. Um, I get nervous. Absolutely. You know, I, I get the little bit of jitteries. I get the little handshakes. I get things like that before I go, you know, talk in front of a boardroom or something like that. But I don't let that stop me. I, I know that, it, like you said, anybody else, they're going to have a jittery hand too until you get in the comfort zone. And you just keep trying things. So I think that is, again, just I don't try the same thing every day or I would go crazy. But every day I've, I've kind of given myself in the in by taking the risk of self-employment, which is another funny perception one to me is the amount of people that think by being self-employed and they say, oh, that sounds nice. Oh, I'd love to work for myself. People think that they can't do it, man. And that's amazing to me. Like, it's not congratulations to me. Like, it's not like my life is the easiest thing in the world. People might see it like that if I get to wake up when I want to or stop working when I want to, but they don't see when I'm working till five in the morning to get something ready by eight. <laughs> oh, exactly. And um, I could actually, you know, but to any entrepreneurs out there, if you want to talk about the perception of that, contact me. Um, cause that is a good one. And I see that a lot when I'm helping, um, people with their businesses and, and, and stuff, um, or launch new products or whatever is people think that there's a lot of glory. Well, there is glory. So should we have to win? Cause I mean, then you wouldn't have people like Elon Musk, but my point is people have a perception that it's all sunshine and roses because you're not dealing with you know, a boss or a company or a board of directors or an investor or whatever, because you're running your own business. But I mean, in some cases you are dealing with an investor. Um, 
everybody investor even even if you're not a publicly traded company if you are even if you are the guy at mcdonald's that is at the register the person that is in front of you buying that milkshake is an investor um and that's one of those things that i i wish people would be able to get that into them too um like anybody you are an investor in me right now you are investing your time and having a conversation with me if i think if people looked at everybody as an investor i think that could have a lot of change in like you were talking like with the the work climates and different topics that you've covered too where to to have that idea of they're not just a customer or like you were touching on people think that you don't have to deal with like the bullshit of if you own the business like Every bad thing that happens is my fault, but every good thing that happens is my fault too. And I love that feeling. The accountability of entrepreneurship, that's another good topic to have a whole like day on. <laughs> no, I, I agree. Um, I agree. And I will say to people out there that, uh, you know, maybe there's, I, I'm, I'm whirling in my head of other reasons why people would not try something new and anything I can come up with, I think really boils back down to fear. So I would just say to those people in my mind, and we'll see what your advice is, but in my mind, it's ask yourself the question Dean's asked, because I feel like when you try something new, success comes with it, because let's just say that you're afraid to um, travel. The success of going on that trip um, is so rewarding because you've one, you've accomplished that goal of going on a trip. Two, you get to take with you all of the experiences of going to that new place um, and experiencing new things. Yeah, it can be scary. Um, and that's okay. You're allowed to be scared or nervous or whatever. You are. Um, but what would really happen if you traveled? What would happen if you started the business? Um, but really, I think the bigger thing is what would happen if you failed? Ask yourself those questions. And, you know, when you ask yourself what would happen if you fail is, is, is an interesting one because there's a lot of negatives that could come out of that. But I think that if you go into it, finding the negative, I talk, I've talked about this, is like luck. Luck doesn't exist. Um, luck is a construct of the things that you see on a daily basis. What I mean by that is if you're constantly looking for negative things, you will have bad luck. If you're constantly looking for positive things, you will have good luck. And I think you're a good example of that because you're constantly looking for good things and you find good things. Um, I use an analogy. There's, there's this person. He or she sees $20 in the street, bends over to pick it up and falls. There's two ways to look at that. There's the person that's like, I found 20 bucks in the street, but damn, I fell over and I scraped my knee and, you know, I looked like an idiot and it was just horrible. Then there's the person that was like, dude, found $20 in the street, mm -hmm. wrapped up getting it, but I got 20 bucks. And then later that day, I went into Starbucks and spent that five of that 20 bucks. And you know what? The barista hit on me. We're going out later. You know, absolutely. so and there's a whole, like, if anybody wants to look into the scientific research of, of luck, that's pretty much it in a nutshell. Um, well, I think on the same topic of, of you not believing in luck, I think to me is the same idea of the people that think that, uh, I don't have a name at the moment, but, you know, a new musical sensation, they're the overnight celebrity. Overnight celebrity is the dumbest thing that you could, you might've just heard about them overnight or just found out they were famous overnight. But most likely that celebrity that's 30 years old that just is big right now, they've been grinding every day, all day for 20 years. And they just now are getting above water. And people see the above water and think that that's the greatness, but they don't see all the other, other bits that would be luck you know they don't see the connections that put them in the meeting that that happened at i i, I want i'm probably going to misquote this and i somebody can google this and call me and correct me but i think it was the lead singer from imagine dragons that it was definitely a musical act i want to i think it was imagine dragons if it whoever it was 
I'm not going to go research it and correct myself. So we're just going to go with this is that they did say something like that. They were like, you know, we're an overnight sensation that took 25 years or 15 years, whatever the, the, the right. amount was. And that, that is true. Um, so with risk, with risk comes reward. And I think people can, should leave knowing that, but um, leave this podcast with knowing that. So we've discussed uh, why we perceive our perception of people who are, are not inclined to take a risk. And, and that risk can literally be as small as going to the other side of your own city. Most for, people, some, for some people, that risk could be getting out of bed. That's the crazy that's thing. Absolutely true. Leaving the house. Um, right. Although, what's that one? Is that agoraphobia or whatever? I don't know. I'm not going to look that up either. But Isn't um, agoraphobia? Isn't that spiders? Oh, maybe. I don't know. What's the one where you're leaving? You, you don't want to leave your house. We got Google. Um, no, you're right. Agoraphobia is a type of anxiety disorder which gives you fear and avoid places. You're right. I'm wrong. Arachnophobia. That's Arachnophobia, yeah. So, um, and that's a real thing. That's something seek medical help. But there are people who aren't truly uh, clinically agoraphobic that don't want to leave their house um, for whatever reason. But take the risk. Leave the house. Good things can happen. Um, and our perception, I guess you and I share the same perception of that, is, is it's fear-based. And by saying that, I don't think either one of us are trying to portray negative light on that. It's oh, and I, I know I've said it, and I think you've agreed that it's okay to be afraid. Acknowledge that fear, give it a name. Now I'm just using my own words, but give it a name um, and accept it and then work with it and then take the risk, whatever that is. Uh, you know what? Ask that girl or boy to prom. I think prom season's coming up. I don't know. I, I, my kids are in college, so I have no idea. But um, you know what? What's the worst thing? He or she is going to say no. Uh, guess because what? Because it already said no before you asked. This is one of the things that I always like to put into people's faces. Every question is a no until you ask it. Well, yeah, because you just don't know. I mean, it's 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 a definite no because you're talking yourself out of it. Right. So they said, no, you know what, in five years at the high school reunion, are you even going to remember them? Because in college and through life, I mean, when you don't see these people every day, does it really matter? Exactly. I mean, you know, but that's a different show. Um, but I think that's summing up where we think that is. And I think that um, we've definitely talked about our perceptions. And if anybody has a different perception, please call in and let me know. Um, and I think that you've given some good advice on, on how to take a risk. Um, do you want to summarize that for us? Um, yeah, I keep going back, uh, ever since we said fear like 47 times, I keep, I've, I've <laughs> ran up the definition of it, trying to figure out, um, cause I'm also like, we've also been throwing quotes around. I'm a big believer of there's an equal and opposite reaction to everything. Um, so if fear is your natural reaction, um, you know, it's, you're, it's because you're thinking that something's dangerous or it's likely to cause you pain or to be a threat. Um, but to me, I think the biggest takeaway, um, um, like I said, you, you touched really well that you and I both kind of see, not quite eye to eye, but we're definitely looking at the same picture on this one. But I think the key that I want to leave people with is that Fear is a basic emotion, scared, happy, all of these basic emotions. Um, I feel that if instead of running away from emotions, if you could find a way to, like you said, I really like your idea of this is what I'm feeling. I'm going to put a name on it. This name is okay because it's something that I'm feeling. Um, I think the more people that could just become comfortable enough in their own skin to admit that they are a human being that things do go wrong and things do go right and just to embrace all of the feelings to you know get all the feels you know have the good have the bad you don't have to hide the bad you, you know if if you have a debilitating disease there's other people that have that if you have a good day there's other people that have that too so you are one person i am one person but there's seven and a half billion of us out here if anybody is dense enough in their perceptions to think that somebody else isn't currently or has never felt in the way that they do, and they're going to allow that feeling there to stop them from doing something that that could bring them happiness or could bring new opportunity, um, 
don't do that. <laughs> Plain and simple. I like the way you frame that up. I like the way you frame that up. Um, any other closing thoughts that you'd like to leave the audience with? Um, I'd like to encourage everybody to come on and pick a topic on the Perception Show. Um, I want to thank you for having me. Um, this is actually the first podcast where I've been a guest. I've hosted a bunch of them, um, but I had a great time. I had. Uh, I don't think we should have too many people uh, giving us too many death threats from what we talked about. And um, just like everything, like like everything that I've been saying for this last hour or so is, I think you said exactly was if you could approach things with positivity, positive things could happen. If you approach things like today's going to suck, it's probably going to suck. And if it does suck, then uh, give me a call and I'll be happy to help you and help push you towards your dreams or give David a call and he'll help coach you towards your dreams. So it's, there's people out there, use people, don't go into yourself, even if you're an introvert. That, that's a good point. And I, I tell this to people a lot and the point I, I'm going to, people call me like the fortune, fortune cookie manager, but um, <laughs> The point is when the student is ready, the teacher reveals themselves. And what, how I interpret that is the teacher has always been there. You know, could be somebody you already know, but you've reached a point, the student has reached a point where they're ready to learn that thing from that person that's are, always been there. And you just have to be willing and not afraid to ask for help because I will guarantee that if you need help by our nature as humans, I mean, we have some nasty traits, but by our nature, we are helpful people. We want to help one another. Helping somebody makes people feel good about themselves. So um, I'll leave on, on that note, but uh, thanks for talking about why um, so many people are against opening up their mind and trying new things. I kept away from the construct of people having closed minds because I don't necessarily feel like their minds are closed, but that's my perception. Um, so hopefully I've done you just- I don't think today. minds are closed, but I do think that not everybody has the key to open theirs. To expand. I would use the word expand, but yeah, I, I agree with you. Um, and, and great things can happen if people believe in themselves because there's a lot of good to believe in. And I do believe that to say, believe, wait one more time, believe five times. There you go. <laughs> um, so thank you, Colin, for joining. I hope I've done you in this topic justice today. And uh, I look forward to whatever else that you may bring because I know that you we're taking uh, some, uh, and I'll say this this way, this is my perception. So I know that you took joy in having so many diverse things to choose from and it was difficult for you to pick one. And, and this was literally a game time decision, I believe. Uh, Absolutely, only time. <laughs> and only time is game time. <laughs> there are, I do have guests that, that, you know, they're like, I have a topic. Uh, and they want to desperately share it with me and I try not to have them do that. Uh, but sometimes they just need approval and I'm like, yeah, it's great. You know, whatever. well, there was there, I, like, I think if we were to have done this interview the day that we originally scheduled it, it would have been a completely different one. Um, but then again, you know, I had another week or whatever it was to kind of like run through that topic. And I was like, you know, I don't really want to go that one. And then like, even like, as I was leaving the house this morning, I was like, got it. We're going to talk about this. And then I was like, you know what? As soon as you said, you know, I'm going to go live. I was like, you know what? We're on the perceptions of reality, reality. Let's talk about something in reality. You know, and, and again, it's, you're not stuck to, I love the idea of, like you said, I, I, you said live, what are we talking about? I decided right then. And we were able to kind of keep more or less the same, same topic going. And I love the ability that we were able to do that. Yeah. I, I never really, I, I follow butterflies. Um, if I was a cat and somebody had a laser pointer, my life would be over. Um, and not <laughs> in a bad way. Corner. Just, yeah, yeah I'd, I, I would be on the wall chasing stuff in a good way. I'd be happy cat. but uh, Happy but, cat with a bag of catnip and a laser. What else do you need? <laughs> I don't know. What, what more do you want? Like? All right. So thank you so much for being on the show. I appreciate your time. And if you guys out there, if you need Colin, uh, Colin can help. You can find him and he's available to help you.
Absolutely. Uh, ColinCanHelp.com, just about any, in, uh, any social media is uh, ColinCanHelp is the username, but Instagram, there's an additional one, the Colin Can Help podcast site um, at Colin Can Help podcast. Super long, but uh, if anybody wants to come on and talk, or same to David, if you want to come on and talk about what you do, I'd love to have you on my show as well. Sure. Anytime, anytime. It'd be, it's, it's very interesting uh, to be on other people's shows and to answer questions because uh, I'll, I'll be on a show coming up and it's very structured, like very, very structured. There was a lot of important research that was done. There was a lot of questions. Um, I didn't want to know any of them, uh, <laughs> but the, this host did his research, did a lot of, so it's, it's, it was very surreal experience. Um, but that, that'll be upcoming. And I'll be on anytime you want to talk about whatever you want to talk about. Um, Excellent. We'll put that together sometime in the next couple of weeks. I got a wedding in like uh, 14, 15 days. So I can't, I'm not allowed to do any podcasting next week or I'm not allowed to take on any new clients next week, I was told. <laughs> and that, uh, if I may, um, following those instructions uh, is incredibly important and I like that you're sticking to them and uh, that'll that'll pay off in the long run yeah we're looking forward to that one our buddy JC is actually gonna be the uh, videographer for the wedding nice um, absolutely is it like one of those like what people want to charge for photography I was like we're never gonna look at these photos I got a dude that does video for way too affordable to not have him come and do it <laughs> it's a good point that is a good point uh, I can't even tell you uh, I think 25 years in of actual marriage, 20 beyond 27 years of actual relationship. Looking back at pictures, really, 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 really happens. And the last time we got out the wedding album was really just to make fun of me and my old um, 80s porn stash, really. That was pretty much oh, You should bring that back, man. Bring it back. Those are coming back. <laughs> I've got the beard now. It's fine. All right. then we, can, we can still be friends. And beard team, signing off from the beard team. All right. Thanks, Colin. Thanks, bud. Bye. If you'd like to leave feedback on the podcast, comment on this episode or a previous episode, or to be a guest on the show, leave me a message by calling 1-585-210-0240. Any feedback or episode comments could end up being aired in the future. I look forward to hearing from you.